0: everybody this is Pam at the paper outpost and this is the paper outpost podcast and we are talking about all sorts of fun things related to junk journals paper crafting life of a crafter and answering your crafty questions. And today is answering your crafty questions. So I'm jumping right into YouTube here, and I love getting in touch with you guys to see what you are thinking, what you're wondering about, and I get to learn about you. So this is very fun for me. I generally don't pre-read these, unless it's something obvious that I've answered a million times, but um, uh, let's just jump in and see where we're going today. Okay, first one. Deanna says, Russian? She's referring to how to stuff a junk journal beginner tutorial. Neutral Junk Journal, the video that just came out um, probably a couple days before this uh, podcast and it um, I think I showed something and asked if anybody recognized the language so she is offering up Russian so there you go, it might be Russian I'm always curious about these things because I love to learn what the different languages look like I think they're so beautiful and um, I think they're so beautiful enough to actually give them a category in my fundals Um, so I always include some foreign language pages just to So you can oogle over them right along with me. How about that? Um, All right. Queen of... Okay, fine. (laughs) Apparently I got a message. Uh, Queen of Hearts asks, "Uh, this series was a lot of fun to watch. Maybe start another one, maybe in a color or a theme. I really enjoy all you do. Oh, that's awesome. I'm awesome. I'm glad you uh, enjoyed the neutral junk journal journey with me. That one was a lot of fun to make and make. And I I think it's actually pretty um, simple one to make because so many things are neutrally colored, Um, you know, newspapers and old book pages and if you incorporate white and black in there a little bit it, as anchor colors um, and you can just go to town and have a lot of fun so um, and also if you're making things and you don't know, like, if you're mass making things, and you don't know what style or color a junk journal might be in the future, you can mass make a bunch of neutral things, and just add a little splash of color to those embellishments, or journal cards, or journal tucks um, at the po- at the point of decorating a journal, and that will help expedite things for you when it comes to assemblage. Uh, Miss Kit says, "Hi, Pam, Sunny, and the Pamettes. <laughs> Pamette, that's adorable. Uh, I'm trying to make altered paper clips. I have." I add only a thin stream of glue, but when I close them, the glue always oozes out of the sides or warps the paper or gets wicked sticky. What am I doing wrong, please? Am I squeezing the paper too hard? Many many things. Um, I guess my first question would be, what kind of glue are you using? Um, And if you're using Fabrifix, which is a, yes, you're going to hear it, clear silicone glue, fabric to fabric, fabric to paper, paper to paper. it's, uh, you only need a little bit of it. So you might want to consider getting one of those Sugar Bells icing piping bottles with the metal tip so you can get a thinner stream of glue out. And, um, frankly, I always get glue all over myself and I've never really figured out a way around that. Um, I definitely get it all over myself with the Fabrifix. If you're using a wet white glue, like an Elmer's glue or a school glue, they tend to wrinkle the paper a little bit more because there's a, a larger uh, percentage of water in that glue. Um, So that can sometimes cause a bit of a, you know, you might feel like you have too much glue or it's oozing or it feels wet. The paper feels wet as you're working with it. Um, I would say just not knowing what kind of glue is is of concern here, I would just say use less glue. Try to use less glue and let's see if that works for you. Um, Some people will use a paintbrush. They'll put a little glue down and use a little paintbrush to spread it to the edges, keeping it nice and thin a thin film of glue and then sealing and that way you're only putting a little bit down and spreading it so that's an option you can also use your finger i mean <clears throat> i am a great finger crafter <laughs> and um, you could put a little like a finger cut or a little tip of a rubber glove on your fin- a tip uh, of your finger if you don't like to get your finger in the glue. But there are ways around that. I would just say try try using half the amount that you're using and maybe you won't have as much of a problem. There's, there's like a little happy place you get to. It's, it's almost like you get to figure it out over time um, how much glue to use. I wish I had a better answer for you there, but. That's, that's all I got. Penny Tucker asks, I really love the neutral. Thanks, Pam. Can you show us how you fill your small bottle with FabriFix? I have a really hard time with that. Um, yes, I I can show you that. I am due for a refill. Now, Pam, I'm trying to remember. Here, write that down. Remember to, uh, show how you refill it. It, 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 It's, I'm thinking we're probably doing the same thing. I, oh, what I don't do, um... Well, no, I, I, I'll just show you on a video. But um, I have tried it both ways. I've taken the uh, the lid completely off the fabrifix and tried to pour it. Like, the lid's off both. The lid's off the Sugar Bell's icing piping bottle completely and the lid off the um, Faber-Fix bottle completely. And then slowly tilt and pour. And then raise the fabrifix fix bottle up a little bit so you get a thinner stream going in. And then you sort of got to eye-watch it for a bit. Um, the other thing you can do is leave the... Um, Leave the tip on the FabriFix bottle. Cut the tip to make it shorter because you're going, if you're going to empty the FabriFix bottle into the Sugar Bells icing piping bottle, make sure because the, the Sugar Bells are a little smaller than the FabriFix bottle. So just be sure when you cut that FabriFix tip, you're committing to never having it back again. So you might have to cover it with masking tape or, you know, something like that so it, it doesn't dry out on you. But um, leaving a, yeah, cutting off a bigger portion of the spout, I think, helps on the Fabrifix bottle so that it pours more quickly. And you want to leave an um, what I call the air gap or um, air, air escape place so that when you have them connected, almost like they're mating, <laughs> one, like the Sugar Bells icing piping bottle on the table, and then the Fabrifix no, this, go away. This is... <laughs> Sunny, how could you bring that up? But all I'm saying is there needs to be a little air gap in there so that it doesn't burp back out at you and give you a nice blob of um, glue you know, oozing out the side. So just be mindful of that. You pretty much have to watch it. Sometimes I'll lean them up against something and let the natural dri- gravity make the drip happen. But I check it every once in a while and watch it. D- make sure it doesn't overfill on you. Oh, I've had that happen. and You end up with Fabrifix all over your... Uh, table um so you kind of got to be there and babysit it but once you do it you're pretty good for a while yeah okay i'll have to demonstrate that that wasn't a very good explanation okay working on doing better moving forward uh, great question, though. Um, Eva Mahoney asks, sometime, can you talk about copyright? How do you get around the copyright of pictures and things you print in your digi kits? Are quotes copyrighted? All of that. Thanks. Wow, that's a big topic. And I do not profess to be a copyright expert. But what I can tell you is there um, the, the pictures that I use um, are copyright free. And I make sure of that. I do my due diligence on those. So that takes some investigation and looking up and double checking and, you know, not trusting your initial sources and things like that. So yeah, that does take a lot of work and it's not easy, uh, but it's worth it. And also another thing um, I tend to rely on is I always like to go to the old if I'm going to make a print of something. And I... And I only make prints of things unless they're, you know, unless I drew it myself or I made it myself. You are the owner of that work. You can you can draw something today and copy it out tomorrow and sell it freely, and nobody will yell at you because you drew it. Um, as long as you drew something that's original, <laughs> and um, so that's okay. There are some dates that are helpful to remember they change every year. It advances one year. I don't know what the exact year is right now because I generally get stuff that's even older than this date, but it's probably somewhere between 1923 and 1926. You'll probably have to look it up to be sure. Um, And uh, anything before that is considered copyright free in most areas. It's probably not 100%, so you still have to double check and do your due diligence. Uh, But then... um, and copyrights can be, I want to say reignited, but like something can go into copyright free land and then somebody come, can come along and copyright it again. So it's a very tricky. It's very complex. Um, it can be done. It, can, it takes time to figure it out. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of good videos on the thoughts about copywriting things when you're working in the craft world. So I, I recommend you spend some time watching those videos and educating yourself on you know what's okay to do and stuff like that. There are a lot of sites that you can buy pictures from that are copyright free like you have to join the site and then probably pay something to join the site and then um, they do all that legwork for you and or there's also the whole copyright thing of you get into different areas like it's copyright free for personal use but not commercial use and then you get it's copyright free for commercial use but only if you give the um, creator credit or it's copyright free and for commercial use but then we'd, we'd appreciate it if you gave the original author credit. It's not mandatory. There's like a, a million and one different categories which makes it very gray and scary and I get that. Um, like I said I'm not a professional in that department but I do the best I can to do my due diligence on the um, pictures that I use. So um, I probably make mistakes um, but I am doing my best to not. <laughs> and um, because I really do think there's a lot of beautiful imagery from hundreds of years ago that needs to be uh, revisited and exalted and shown and enjoyed and brought into people's crafting. And and it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, that's a very deep topic. Oh, we could talk about that forever. But like I said, I'm not an expert in that. And I don't want to give you too, I don't want to tell you something that's wrong, basically. So uh, check with your experts, whoever they are. I don't know. Uh, your lawyers, your copyright experts, your, your um, yeah, those folks. Okay. Um, Alice Nenegar asks, Who knew all the possibilities using neutrals? I love, love the idea. That's great. Um, you know, that's absolutely it. Sometimes we'll look at something neutral and think, Oh, it's so boring. It's neutral. Look how blah, boring, blah, it's vanilla. Just yuck. You know, but really, really in the neutral, there lies so much excitement. You just got to look at it with a new, fresh eye. And um, um, one thing when you're working with things that are of similar color tone, if you can bring in different textures, that can really help amp up the intrigue as a person is going through a journal. So the same thing with design. If you're designing your house and you want to do a cream beige room, like if you put different textures in there, like a, uh, like a soft woolly little carpet and some cool throw pillows and stuff like that, it brings in richness where it was otherwise bland. And I think that um, with the paper and with fabric, we can really bring in textures of all sorts with string, with twine, thread—you name it—we um, got it. We got our texture. We got it rolling. We got it going, and we can go places with that. Um, Alice Harper says, um, "That old coin is so cool. Sometimes I'm lucky enough to find a Canadian coin amongst my change." <laughs> Okay, sorry, I have to laugh because I grew up in Canada and we always wanted to find an American coin. <laughs> um, but uh because it was worth more than the Canadian money, that's why. But um that is that is just so funny. Uh yes, that that's cool, isn't it? Yeah, I love old coins. I I I have a thing for old old stuff. I don't know what it is. I just get so intrigued by it. I think with the old coins, who held this in their hand? I mean, You know, when did this coin first come out? Where did this coin journey? Did it sit in somebody's jewelry box for 100 years? Or was it out there traveling the lands, going to exotic locales and having all sorts of adventures? Who knows? Who knows where these things go? But, uh, yeah, that was a cool coin, wasn't it? Yeah, she's referring to the how to stuff a junk journal beginner tutorial neutral junk journal video that just came out a few days ago. What a mouthful. Boy, I have a strange way of titling my... uh uh, videos. I know. I know they're weird titles. Um, it's it's. Uh, I do that for the SEO, search engine optimization, uh, putting certain words in the title so YouTube finds it. Basically, that's why. But um, I hope you can kind of figure out what I'm talking about. Uh, Linda Friend asks, could you do a tutorial on knowing when to stop? <laughs> Oh dear, Linda. If I ever figured out when to stop, the paper outpost was closed. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, I think if you're if you're specifically speaking of just one journal, like when is it time? When is it done? Um, I would say that's a personal call, and I wouldn't go based on what any, anybody else thinks, but yourself, because everybody has an opinion on this. I have had so much flack just from my chubby journals, and I have. The other half of the population loves them. They're like, oh, the, the stuffier, chunkier, more stuff in them to explore, the better. Then there's the other world of, why, there's nowhere for people to write, Pam. You've, you've taken all the pages for your own fun, and you've left no space for anybody else to have any fun. Look at you. That's so selfish of you. How could you do that? <laughs> and, uh, all I could say is, I couldn't stop having fun. <laughs> um, so I would say, do what is fun for you. If you want to make journals that have more dedication to writing space, leave more writing space. If you want a book to lay like a regular book lays, where it doesn't bulge out, make them like that. If you want to put a lot of stuff, but you still want to have them lay flat, make a wider spine. That's how you fix that and put in more signatures. Yeah. Wider spine, more signatures, then you will, um, it will lay flat. But if you, if you, um, just wanna stuff that puppy to no, 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 honey. I'm not talking about you. I <laughs> wanna stuff that puppy to um, you know, um Timbuktu, go for it, go for it, and have fun. And uh you're good you're among good company. Um yeah, she she put three laughing, smiling, crying faces after that. So I think I understand completely. Um uh, Somebody said, we are going to pump you up. Was that an SNL reference? That could have been. Yeah. Boy, you must have been born around the same time as me because I remember that from SNL. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Um, this is, I think it was Hans and Franz. We're going to pump you up. Something like that. That's um, yeah, funny. My husband's German, so <laughs> we, we always used to laugh at that. Um, Irma Malek says. This episode is brought to you by Shopify She said something in Spanish, and I don't have my translator on. Um, sorry, <laughs> I'll try and re—I'll try and pull that up next time. Um, Georgia Cosma asks, Pam, I purchased some images on Etsy from you, and when I print them, they are super tiny. Is that an issue on my end? Not sure how to make them bigger. Yeah, um, I can help you with that. That is actually um, the most often cause of that is a printer setting. And if you look on your printer, there's usually a, a button that, that uh, will dictate image size. And often you can have choices like 4x6, 5x7, full page, fit to page, things like that. I think you need to switch it to full page or fit to page. Um, there might be different variations in the terms on different printers, but usually that's the fix. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Catherine Windsor asks do your digi kits have to be printed as a whole page or can you print an individual picture one at a time i have a tiny pocket-sized thermal printer that only prints black and white but could print some of your smaller images if they are individual and not the whole page as one i hope you're understanding what i'm asking that's a good question catherine um i i put them in two different formats they are in jpeg and pdf now i am not a wizard with um, image management. I know that you can definitely print them all out on one page. That's basically what they're truly designed for in a regular um, you know, printer that you have at home. I have no idea how that would work in the little printer. I'm assuming it would just be a very tiny version of that. Um, if you can get into the PDF, I'm not sure if it's the PDF or the JPEG jpeg where you can manipulate the image like maybe you can take that and put it into something like microsoft publisher and you can like crop and make something the whole page you could you could alter and only get one picture if you wanted to do that now i don't know how far or how adaptable the little thermal printers are probably others know the answer to this feel free to post comments somewhere out there in relationship to this great question but um yes i think there is a way to do it but sometimes you might need extra software uh, to do that to manipulate your pictures maybe canva you might be able to do some picture manipulation as well that way that might be a possibility the canva has some free um a version of it so you might be able to do that um i hope that helped okay um okay um Sweet B52 says, uh-oh, I have to keep the sound down. All that moaning, my two sons will say, what on earth are you watching, mom? That's an awful lot of moaning. Who was moaning? Was I moaning? She's referring to junk journals, neutral journal ideas, almost finished, beginner tips. Was, was I moaning? <laughs> oh, I, I think I might have been falling in love with some ephemera. Yeah, i probably make Goofy sounds like, oh, don't you love this paper? This is such always wonderful. Look at that. Yeah, that that would probably be me moaning. (laughs) Yep, that's about the moaning I do. (laughs) Um, I really do like the old papers. Um, Goodness gracious. Where where has this podcast gone? Um, Ginny S. asks, do you ever by accident glue pages together in your journals? Any way to fix that? Ah, yes, Ginny, absolutely. For all the time, every day, every journal I make, I accidentally glue pages together. Sometimes there's glue ooze, and I just get the tips of pages glued together. The Fabrifix, if you're gentle with it, is not that hard to tease apart, but every once in a while, you're gonna get a tear. You're gonna get a rip. Um, you can either work with it, like the glued pages together. Like you can say, okay, my pages are glued together. They are now one. I ignore it and I'll really glue them together, shove some more glue in there and just make it one page. Or you could turn it into a big pocket, like a uh, horizontal pocket in your journal. That's another thing you can do. Or you can get in there and tease them apart and just hope that the gods are on your side and that that page comes apart. And if it doesn't, you have the grand opportunity to get in there and repair it uh, by either uh, working, what it, working it into the design or covering it up or maybe um, adding something to it, putting a little piece of paper there or a sticker or something like that. There's usually a, a pretty easy quick fix to uh, deal with those issues. And... You know what? I would just say embrace that. That's going to be the journey. If you really love to get in there with your sleeves rolled up and your inky fingers and start making your journals, the glue is going to fly. It's going everywhere. It's going everywhere, sister. And, um, yeah, pages stick together. Okay. Um, Suzette Faircloth. Oh, I love that name. It sounds like a movie star. This is welcome. We're having Suzette Faircloth in today, uh, and she's going to be talking to us about her latest film. Yes, Suzette, what do you have to say? I am loving this new neutral journal. I can't. I can never get my signatures to be evenly spaced, no matter how much I measure. Any suggestions? Um, did you see? Okay, um, it's a little, you know, we go for pretty darn good here. We don't go for perfection. Um, if you measure them or if you use a template, that might make your um, hole punches more accurate. Um, but it, that, what, it, what it, I don't know how many journals you made, but I, what I would say is make a ton of journals and then double check in my... actually do this first go back and look into my playlist called journal construction covers signatures and spines and you're going to see a lot of different ways to make spines and uh, insert signatures a lot of different ways to do it and tips and tricks are shown how to do that this is probably one of the number one things people have trouble with it's getting those signatures in the correct location and um, I would say just keep making journals keep tweaking it a little bit try the templates maybe the template is the way for you to go it's like basically just cutting a piece of cardboard putting the holes measuring putting the holes exactly where you want them then punching those holes with your template in in your into your spine and then they should be evenly spaced I think you'll find after a while you won't need the template because you'll kind of just know where to put that dot and and I or that hole and I I put my holes in they're pretty darn close sometimes they're a little off Um, but I also ask myself you know is it is it destructive to the flow of the journal or is it something that I can massage into place by moving things a little bit or I can build up one signature a little fatter than another to absorb the vacancy Um, so there are kind of little ways around that. If you keep, uh, keep scratching your noggin and something will, something will happen. (laughs) There you go. So I hope you guys are having a dandy day. Um, we are so appreciative, uh, for you being here and we, we certainly, um, are thankful to know, um, that we're all hanging out and crafting together. Those are good times. Um, so let's, let's forge forth and craft some more. So we'll see you next time at the paper outpost, uh, Uh, what is this, Sunny? This is the podcast. Yes. Okay. (laughs) This is the podcast. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Happy crafting, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.